A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish. I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. <laughs> doing my and we're best back at it. Shelby impersonation. <laughs> yeah, you're doing good. Bringing yeah. the energy. It's it's like um, doing affirmations. It really gets me in the zone, gets me in the right frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my back's straighter, my lungs are full. Okay. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to podcast. <laughs> okay, me, that remind me to straighten my back and not lurch over like Taylor Swift. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, Taylor. Taylor's been uh, been breaking records. Taylor's been I performing know. four nights at Mexico's mm-hmm. stadium. Um, looking good, doing some good surprise songs. What have been your thoughts? What's been catching your attention this week? So some stuff that's been catching my attention is I love how Mexico City, uh, I don't know, answered to the demand of the fans. Uh, in Mexico because outside of the stadium they set up stands for people to sit who oh, weren't cute. able to get tickets. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Super That's cool. Nice. Instead of them having to like stand in the streets, block <laughs> off traffic, um, just you know, mob out there. I saw a TikTok of the fans just like across the street from the stadium in stands. And I hope that's true. I like I said, I get my news from TikTok. <laughs> so if it's wrong, tell like, me. Mm, I think this is true. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I saw a lot of content around her second night surprise songs. Um, one of the nights she did Cornelia Street, mm. which she hasn't done live and has not done because – it's not on the set list, and frankly, I'm surprised she did it. <laughs> Everyone else seemed pretty surprised. There was like the usual analysis of Taylor Swift's every facial expression. Is that a teardrop? Is she just blinking? Is she emotional? Mm. Like, I think this is one where I was like, okay, I could see that this – like sometimes I would like see she was just like torn up doing this song, and I'm like, I don't see it. But I guess I did watch it, and I was like, oh, that is kind of like – that's got to be – hard even if mm-hmm. it's not like she was literally weeping you know yeah like it what just has to be she, uncomfortable what song did she pair it with i don't remember i can't keep him straight i don't read into him like that but then last week you told me she yeah. did she did delicate <laughs> and gorgeous no gorgeous. no she did <laughs> she did it she did it <laughs> we're falling apart <laughs> She did high infidelity yes. and gorgeous. Gorgeous. Not yeah. delicate and gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> My mind. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know if she's sending subliminal messaging. I don't know if it's more that, you know, she told people she'd be doing, she'd be trying to do one song at a time. Um. Oh, Cornelia Street and You're On Your Own, kid. Oh, sad. (laughs) That's brutal. (laughs) Yes. That is literally more depressing than I could have imagined. And then, hold Um, on. And then the last night she did Afterglow and Maroon. uh, Maroon. Blessings. I know. Third time she's done Maroon. (laughs) I saw this Reddit thread that was like, do you think she'll change the set list? And I I don't think she will because it's like too much of a hassle at this point for the biggest grossing tour. So like why bother? 
But I do feel like she must regret not having Maroon on there. And I'd be curious about like why that choice was made. I guess like Midnight's, the set is much more like upbeat. Like even Midnight Mm -hmm. Rain sort of is that middle finger to like (laughs) sad little loser boy type thing. Oh, that's sad. Lautner. Give him the I just finger. mean, I just mean, he wanted it comfortable. She wanted that pain. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she like sprouts out with her sexy little bodysuit and all that. But anyways, um, I don't see her changing it, but I do think she loves Maroon. And I respect I mean, that. She's changed things up. So there's always, you know, she room. She doesn't change things up. She's she, added a couple of things. Well, she's taken out. Um Invisible, Invisible stream yeah. for the one. Which so clearly she, seemed. Yes. Perfect timing. <laughs> and then, you know, and then of course, nobody, no crime because when the Haim sisters were yeah, with her, exactly. but like she's done things here and there. So who yeah. knows if maybe she'll like, you know, do like three, three shows with Maroon instead of another one. But I, I, it would be a, it'd be a hassle to change a choreography in the middle of yeah. the, the set because for, for the one, she's just on the cabin. Yeah, exactly. There's not people dancing around yeah. her. Yeah, and like even when she introduced like no body, no crime, or mm-hmm. added nothing new while Maggie was around, it was like just them standing on the stage, you know. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think it'd be harder in the middle of the midnight set to suddenly pull out like something because it's such an interactive set, like it's so dynamic. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Evermore and Red have those quieter moments. Mm-hmm. Um I could see her adding something from debut yes. like oh. she did for Speak Now. Speak now. But I don't know if she'll like mix up reputation either, you know? Yeah. Or nineteen eighty nine, though she should, because <laughs> where is out of the woods? Like honestly. I know. I'm 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 honestly glad. <laughs> You're the one who bullied her. You're the one who wrote a letter and said, do not play out of the woods. So help me God. Don't go on that, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, she's been doing great. uh, Continuing Mm -hmm. to like surprise people with this like – she has like four different songs in the top ten from like four different albums. Like I think the latest number she broke is that she's – what is it? First female yeah. to have over 100 million songs streamed on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 million monthly listeners, Oh, right? monthly listeners. I-, I meant that. Yeah. Y'all. What does that mean? I don't know, but congrats to her. <laughs> she has 100 million accumulative listeners each month, or at least last month. Yeah, I guess, I mean... Like it's like duh everyone should be listening yeah, to yeah. They it's hard for me to be like oh, who wasn't you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah so i saw that i so you know we, you and i have been to multiple shows we've enjoyed the set list the uh, just everything she's put together her team the, the i don't know if it's the director of it the the production of the show is so great. The visuals, when you go to the show, you really don't, even if you're in like nosebleeds, you don't really miss a lot of the the action that are going on stage because she's put a lot of thought into how can I reach the person in the, the front row to the person in the very back of the arena. And I just went to Beyonce and Beyonce and mm. her are really, you know, they're the showstoppers this summer. And I just came back from Beyonce 
and, you know, everyone's dressed up, everyone's, you know, loving it. But one thing I was super disappointed in, and this is, you know, coming fresh off of the Eras tour for me, is the acoustics. And I don't know if it was mm. Allegiant Stadium, but we did see Taylor Swift in the Allegiant Stadium. But I went with two friends. It was their first stadium tour they've ever been to a stadium concert. They've been to like smaller, yeah, smaller yeah. venues. And, you know, we had the earplugs in. And throughout the show, we kept on taking the earbuds out because like we couldn't fully hear her. Yeah. And then we put them back in and we were like, what's going on? And I feel like for her tour, at least for this this set – and I'm like I said, I don't know if it's in every single show, if it was Allegiant alone. She really prioritized the bass and mm. the the music over her vocals, which she has great vocals. And I was really kind of disappointed in it. You know, she had she had great dancing. There was great there's great visuals, but it was all just directed at the stage. So if you were up in the five hundreds, you really couldn't see everything that was going down. Yeah. Like Blue Ivy came out and was dancing and you could only see her when, you know, there was screen time for her. There wasn't like, they weren't utilizing the- The jumbotrons. The jumbotrons oh, around the stadium. Yeah. And I was in the section 300, so I wasn't far back up. I was like in mid, mid height, but I was just really kind of sad because I went off this yeah. high of Taylor and I, I went to the uh, formation tour and I didn't have that, that problem. And I was just kind of like, Sadly disappointed. Yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah, and like, you know, Taylor would have like a 10 minute speech and I could hear every single thing she was saying. Yeah. But with Beyonce, I was I was like, okay, what did she say? How did she say? It was just it and it wasn't her pronunciation. It wasn't anything that that she was doing. It was more the the technicians yeah. and their prioritizing of that 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 bass and that beat and my whole body was like vibrating. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my I know someone who went and said they had trouble hearing too. So I don't maybe it okay. is something to do with the like reverb of that stage the way it's built because it's kind of mm-hmm. like a like a cavern, like a cave almost. Yep. Like there's yep. a lot set back. So maybe it, it just doesn't like travel well. Yeah. Um, but that's too bad. You look well, great though. Thank you. Well, also <laughs> was a little like sad was, you know, before you before you went, like everyone was dressed up, they're excited, they're happy. And maybe it was maybe this is speaking to how old her fans are. You guys, I'm one of them. So calling myself <laughs> older, um, everyone was sitting down. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, great. I can sit down. I was with two pregnant friends. So they were, they were, they enjoyed it. And I was sitting down too, too, but it was just, it was so different. It was a different vibe. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to do those sort of compare and contrast. Cause it's like, and everyone just has different yeah. yeah, expectations because I like the other big show I went to was like when the new kids on the block did their reunion oh, tour. Yeah. And it was like so fun. And I didn't know anything about them. And I was just like having a blast with my friends. But then everyone around us was just like sitting. Yes. And we were like, I was like, wait. <laughs> you know, I went to, like I said, I went to the formation tour and it was a totally different experience. Yeah. Like people yeah. were standing up, <laughs> dancing. I was like, maybe everyone's hungover because it's Vegas from the night <laughs> yeah, before. that's interesting. It was a Sunday night. So maybe Did that, everyone go on mute was. though? That's my favorite challenge. Go on mute? Yeah. During her song where she says, now everybody go on mute and the whole crowd has to go quiet. Maybe that. I don't. I guess it didn't happen because it did not. What song is it? It's um, Energy from her new album. Maybe people were quiet, Uh, but. Everybody go mute. It's me and my crew. No, nothing. (laughs) Maybe maybe I just missed it. There was like a a section where like we were singing the chorus back to her like 
10, 11, 12, 13 times over. <laughs> but no, it's not that. I'm surprised you haven't seen anything about it. It's the mute challenge. It's it's the most interactive part of it. It's like every city's trying to challenge to be the quietest during this like time where she says, now everybody go mute. And she <laughs> I, it must it's have just the stunned look in your eyes is so amusing and, to me. Well, because maybe it I didn't, I didn't know about it before going hand it. And I was on like, um, was it Beehive Dog, Bay Talk? Yeah. I was on Bay Talk and I did not see anything. I saw all the costumes because I was like, I need to get prepared. I need to get prepared. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> That's okay. It oh. looked like a lot of fun. It um, was a lot of fun. It was so. it was a good time. Vegas was great. Um, the food was great. You know, the acoustics were sad, but – you know, I'm going to Adele next, so. Oh, nice. Oh, perfect. I hope yeah. you're on the walkway where she sings oh, to no. everyone. Do you think I have the money to be on the walkway? <laughs> I don't know. No, I do Maybe. not have the money. No, you went to 10 Taylor Swift shows. <laughs> I went to six. Um, that's why I don't have money. But I'm – so the, the, I'm up in the – it's at the Coliseum, and so it's a smaller venue, but yeah. the tickets I got uh, I got were like in the higher – the highest level, $600. Yeah, yeah no. I believe it because those are so like – they're so like – they're so small, and mm-hmm. everyone's always in Vegas, so people go like multiple times. Like residencies are hard to get tickets to, I think, for yeah. a star like And I got Beyonce. I got the pre-sale. Yeah. And the, the cost of – those tickets up there, it's like no way, not yeah, doing that. And resell for those because we were Leah was thinking, our friend Leah was thinking when we went to see Taylor, like okay, let's go try yeah. to get down tickets, <laughs> resell like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, absolutely not. Maybe happening. if I win big at the yeah. spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did notice on the conspiracy side of things. Yeah, everyone's tell been me, like whatever, me. but um, Taylor Swift usually posts like an after city like thank you performance mm-hmm. grid thing on her grid. She's yeah. done it for every city on the tour. And I kept waiting for LA's, but she didn't do it. And I was like, whatever. It was a long stay. Like maybe she just didn't want to or forgot. But then she did it for back. Mexico immediately. Mm-hmm. And so now everyone's like, yeah, so she must be coming back, which seems silly as an Easter egg. She could do two posts for LA, you know? Mm-hmm. But what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially when it was right after like the drop. 1989, like the announcement of 1989, yeah. uh, Taylor's version. Everyone was like, "Why? What? Yeah, hello, <laughs> like, what yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Did you forget about us? Yeah, yeah, because it's like, so was the theory that she'll end up back in LA, or that she'll do even more U.S. dates and extend into 2025? I think those are both things that are floating around, but the the first is you know she's gonna end it again in LA. Mm-hmm. There are additional dates. Um, Toronto is already there, but Ontario, there are rumors that she's going to be doing six days in Ontario in January or February of 2025. That can't be doable because that's winter. Oh, I know. I'm what very stadium well aware do they have? <laughs> well, she's also going to be in like November in Canada and that's going to be cold too. <laughs> like global warming, you know? Yeah. It's like- so who knows? Wait, I thought that had been debunked, but actually, I don't know. I yeah, it hasn't been debunked because she hasn't announced anything. Oh, okay, okay, I see. So I thought Ontario was like, uh, oh, not I don't know, knowledge, but maybe, maybe, not. maybe I've just been focused too much on Beyonce yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah, um, no, uh, but yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, I mean, she did post that the TikTok or Taylor Nation posted the TikTok talk of her, you know, um, on the phone uh, being the like, you know. Mayhem. 
pick up the phone. I can't think of a thing. Cancel my plans in case you call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'll cancel my plans in case you you announce another, you know, couple dates for the tour. Because after Beyonce, I'm like, (laughs) you have to do a palate cleanser. Give me Taylor. Wait, I missed the story. I didn't see it in time. It's like it's a compilation of her picking up the phone for every single track that she announced during Midnight's. I see. And it's to pick up, uh, you know, cancel my plans in case I can't. I still can't get over how different this vibe is to what Midnight's ended up being. I know. That's so fascinating to me. (laughs) Exactly. I forgot about Midnight's Mom with me. Um, Mm -hmm. I also was going to bring up some other random story that I was like, is it Scooter Braun? We have not talked oh, about no, Scooter Braun. You're right. We didn't talk about it. We had so much other stuff like Ashley Leachin to talk about last week yeah. that we didn't get to Scooter Braun and how everyone is just like leaving him. And then because he loves me. Come is going to track you down step by step from, from town, town to, to town. town. And then um, uh, vigilante sh- shit. Yeah. You know, someone called the FBI on his white collar crime. People are also yeah. being like, ooh, he's being investigated by the FBI. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It'd be so hilarious to me if Taylor had some like huge piece of dirt. Like, I don't think, I think that was a fantasy. I think that was like, yeah. uh, that was unrelated. Like, she might have a sense that he's a liar and a cheat and a dirty, dirty mm-hmm. scoundrel. But I don't think she like knows he's actually like, done a crime you know yeah so i think that'd just be like happy luck if that turns out what what is the deal but i honestly think like one i think it's funny and it is karmic that you know these huge stars are leaving demi lovato ariana grande adina menzel and then even justin bieber is rumored Mm -hmm. to be figuring out an exit plan that's yet to be confirmed and they tried to like dispel it by being like they'll continue to work together but it's like that's not mm. – that doesn't answer if he's the manager yeah. or not. But I, mean, um, I saw an article that said that he is leaving his his managing to focus on running his business. Yeah, Being that's what CEO. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's like some sort of nuclear revelation about to no. come out, like about his character or his personal life. Another, I feel like – Another just, one, the one that people are getting behind is um, – all these stars are leaving because he's being investigated by the FBI. They don't want to have to be subpoenaed <laughs> right. or investigated. Yeah. But, you know, him leaving is probably Is that a just bit based on the Taylor Swift song or is there something else to the idea that he's being investigated? I think it's it might just be based off <laughs> of that, but it, I'm like which came first? Did the rumor he's be, he's being investigated by the FBI come first and then people are like, right, "Ooh, right. Taylor Swift's lyric." Or was it Taylor Swift's lyric? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know which one came first. Yeah. You know, I don't have my Dumois <laughs> notification set on that, but yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, no, it feels like honestly, he's one of those like slimy business dudes who always fails up, and I don't think this is the end for him. I think mm-hmm. he smelled like a more lucrative opportunity and just like abandoned the people who helped him become like relevant and wealthy Mm -hmm. and so now they're like well if you're not going to help my career anymore what are we doing here yeah um not to mention justin and ariana have both like not been at their peak currently Mm -mm. nope nope nope. yeah so So, thoughts and prayers (laughs) thoughts and prayers to scooter in these dark times i know uh (laughs) i really wish i remember what i wanted to talk about because it was like Semi-related. Okay. Taylor Swift-esque. 
related. Taylor Swift-ish. Um, okay. <laughs> Any friends? Um, Carly Kloss, um, Carla, Cara Devine, Selena Gomez. Did you like Selena Gomez's single that came out? Single soon? It was I'll fine. I'll be single soon. Yeah. I liked that she was in a bed full of women because I feel like that is just feeding. I actually don't know Selena's sexuality if she's ever spoken about it because I know she plays bisexual on uh, Only Murders in the Building, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't know if that's how she's ever identified. But I don't think she's people ever were reading into that yeah. as like she's our bi curious queen now. But yeah, no, I have heard sweet. rumors about her and Cara Delevingne. Yeah. Because so, they were hooking up during – I mean, they were f- a couple in that show mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. cute. So messy. Um, mm-hmm. But no, we're turning our sights to something a little bit less fun, a little bit less – A little bigger. Upbeat. A little bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, bigger than the whole sky is what we're talking about today, which mm. I'm excited for, but I recognize it's like a hard topic. Um, so just like a content warning that a lot of – there's a lot of – not even theories, but just like people's feelings about this song that directly tie to like infant loss, miscarriage, sexual assault, like trauma, infertility, infertility, mm-hmm. religious trauma, like all sorts of readings for this song that's really mm-hmm. just an ode to grief. Um, so we recognize that it's not like the most streamable song. Obviously, it's really, really well respected. It did really well with critics. It's considered one of her best written by fans and critics alike. Um, there's a lot to love about it. Uh, but we also know that it's not something a lot of people revisit or like really feel capable of digging into or wanting to think about. And so total respect to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one of her Midnight's tracks, and we wanted to be sure to cover it because I think it's meaningful and interesting and beautiful to both of us in probably Mm -hmm. different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it is sort of a telling chapter in Taylor Swift's, like, discography in her ability to kind of hold back on the actual details so that she reminds us that, you know, sometimes things aren't our business. And I think this song is a good example of her kind of keeping us at arm's length while still delivering a Mm. song that uh, speaks to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, How many songs do I have left on Midnight? It was just this and then honestly Labyrinth Labyrinth and and Sweet Nothings. (laughs) Because I had been like pushing this one off for a while. I know, I know. um, Intentionally. And then it was one of our, our last ones and I was like, well, we have to get to it. Yeah. It is a good song. Yeah. Um, the song, it doesn't trigger me, but it definitely like, it did trigger me a few months yeah. ago. So yeah. I, we were kind of, before I think we got Speak Now, we were kind of like nearing the end yeah. of all of these tracks. And I was just waiting for you to be like, I get in the whole sky. And I'd be like, no, I need to do hoax over yeah. this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I'm a little farther removed from all my hormones. So, yeah. And I'm glad you're reading it, which is yeah. perfect. Yeah. I think it's obviously – it's sad. It, it like fits mm-hmm. in – for me, like it reminds me a lot of happiness from Evermore where it's not necessarily about who this is happening to or what specifically happened. It's more she captures a feeling and like I said, that's relatable to a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um 
So I want to reassure people that we're not going to like sit here and gossip about like, oh, did this happen to Taylor? Is Taylor going through this? Like it's not our business. And I know people might think that's hypocritical when we're a podcast who constantly like, you Mm -hmm. know, is like, oh, high end of fidelity seems like it's about Calvin. But I think when reading this song, you realize that she's not laying the groundwork for like hyper-specific clues or Mm. tie-ins to previous like like there's not the same sort of open armed approach to like inviting us in like this isn't like 20 stitches in hospital room or like Mm -hmm. that april 29th like there's not those sort of details that invite analysis of her personal life Mm -hmm. um and i think that's intentional because even if this was something she went through or felt for her personally that could have a lot of different explanations if it was something a friend or a family or something she just empathized with like with Ronan that has you know credence too um so yeah I think the beauty in this song isn't that it's like what was lost so much as the fact that it was lost Mm -hmm. you know yeah and I remember when people were throwing out all of their theories of what Taylor went through during this there was a lot of um clap back at those people who were saying that like that's so insensitive like if someone went through that would you want someone to blast that about you like if you personally struggled with that do you want people to start you know analyzing everything and being like she went through this because a b and c look at these lyrics you know yeah yeah and I think that's what a lot of critics were like kind of surprised by or impressed by is that this is a song that sort of stops you in your tracks and it's like not necessarily because you're like, oh my gosh, what happened to Taylor? It's more mm-hmm. like it's rare to have someone give you an anthem that feels so like intimately personal and yet applies to so many. I know. So I like, think it's like a very it impressive could be feat. a breakup. Yeah. Like it could be anything. It could yeah. be even like the loss of a grandparent. It could it's just so much that like it could apply to, which I, I, I enjoy, I mean, I don't enjoy this song, but yeah. I, I guess I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, um, you know, that's the beauty of music in general. And often that gets lost with Taylor because there is such joy to be had in kind of her letting us into her life and getting mm-hmm. to parse out these details and her little liner notes and all these Easter eggs. And everyone can argue about like whether she wants us to or not and like blah, blah, blah. But I think songs like this remind us that it's like she's great at em- empathetically like writing music that feels mm-hmm. like universal, even when it's like so intimate. I'm trying to see if she's saying this as a surprise song right now. I'm on a site because I'm really interested in what she paired it with because I don't think she did. Yeah, and I was going to say, I don't think I've heard it, and that does speak volumes to me, too. Yeah. If she hasn't sang it, like, will she sing it? And, like, Cornelia Street, is it going to be a while? Like, does she need some more space between that time period? Because she hasn't – she has – oh, I would have bawled and cried and had it. I know. know, (laughs) I think most people would. Yeah. (laughs) It's like – it's taking the essence of Marjorie and just like slamming it into your gut in like the mm-hmm. saddest, like most tender way. Um, mm-hmm. And I can see this being like Ronan being like soon you'll get better. It's just a song she doesn't really 
perform or acknowledge unless mm-hmm. like something really speaks to it. Um, like with Ronan, she's done a few times when Ronan's mom was in the crowd and mm-hmm. all that. Um, but yeah, so I don't, yeah, <laughs> to me, I guess to talk about like first reactions to this song, yeah. I haven't been through like infertility or anything for like that. So my first reaction, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And it reminded me so much of like, kind of like letting realizing your like childhood is over like letting Mm -hmm. go of that inner child and like realizing like you know there's something in your moment there's a moment in your life where something shifts and like your innocence is broken you like lose something and it's like letting go of who you could have been what you should have been all of that and that's like how I read it immediately but then obviously like reading all these like reddit threads and tweets it is like heavy stuff people Mm -hmm. are unpacking with this um Mm -hmm. and i think that's the power of this song is that it does feel so distinctive depending on how your relationship with grief is yeah yeah um when i first listened to the song um remind me this came out in what what was the month november right yeah november of 2022 so this came out in november 2022 um I hadn't gone through anything that I could like definitely relate it to. You know, I had, I, I did IVF, like we had tried to get pregnant. So I had like that infertility, but then I did my first round of IVF and, um, I got pregnant and just to let you guys know, when I did my first round of IVF, you do the egg retrieval. And then like, depending on what you're doing a few months later, we did a frozen embryo transfer mm-hmm. and it's, it's like a 60% chance. My doctor said 60 to 70% chance that it would work. So in my mind, when I did my first transfer in 2021, I was like, Oh, this isn't, it's not going to work. And so like, I went into it being like, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. And then we were very lucky and it worked for us. And so I hadn't really experienced a loss. I experienced sadness over not being able to, you know, have a family naturally like most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but during this time that I was going through IVF and getting pregnant, uh, my friend had a miscarriage. Yeah. And I just remember – and she was she was going through fertility too. And she had done um, – if you're familiar with IVF or fertility treatment, she had done a trigger shot, which mm-hmm. triggers ovulation. And then you do what you, what you do to get pregnant depending yeah. on, um, you know, through your procedure that your doctor – prescribes you. So she got pregnant with, uh, with twins and she had a miscarriage. And I just like, I was kind of putting that backlight to the song and I was, and it was just like, you know, no words appear before me in the aftermath with like you, you were pregnant and then, yeah. And then now you're not. And so that's what I was putting it through. And it was really sad. And then in March, just this past year, I went through a second round of IVF and I did not go into into this round with low expectations because my first IVF one took. And of course, I was telling people, oh, it might not work. It might not work. Like, of course, like I I had that idea that it might not work. Yeah. But no, like it's – the first one worked. Mm -hmm. And the first one, if it hadn't worked, I don't think I would have been as sad because I, you know – I hadn't had my daughter right. and you know, th- there wasn't that big emotional tie for me. I know a lot of people go through IVF and don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. And it just pulls on them. But I like didn't have that association to loss yet. 
Um, so in March, we went through IVF, totally like thinking that it would work and also thinking that if it didn't work, I'd be fine. Yeah. But then I got a call, you know, I, you, if, if you follow me, you've seen I did my IVF shot in Houston to the show like during um, Ready For It. Um, and that was after my transfer. So you keep on doing your shots for like a week or two later mm-hmm. and then you do your pregnancy test. And then, you know, depending on your plan, your doctor will call you or the nurse to tell you if you're pregnant or not. And so they called me and told me the bad news. And I just was <laughs> getting a little choked up here too, which yeah. is funny because, well, not funny, which is just odd to me because I kind of had, I've, I've made peace with it. Right. Um, both IVF, it's an embryo. So it's like a little in baby. Like it's, mm. it's you know, if it it's it's life. It's like it the possibility be, yeah. of yeah. life. Um, so you know, they told me it didn't work. Ball, 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 ball. Like just couldn't handle it. And then my doctor called me the next day, and to talk to me about like what's my plan going forward later. And I was still dead, and I was kind of crying. And she said, she's like, there is, there's nothing, there was nothing wrong. Um, we did everything right. It just wasn't meant to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just bald and still sad because like we'd already like thought of a life with this baby yeah. boy because it was a boy, and it was just really hard on me. And then like to the point where when I went to the Philly show when Ready for It came on, I like started tearing up and I was like, "This is not the song you cry to." Yeah, and it was just you know, no words appear before me. You know, it's yeah. all over. It's out to sea, bigger than the whole sky. Such a short time, like it was. Who it was sad because it was like a future that I had imagined. Yeah, that you know, it's not meant to be. Yeah, so that it was sad, and it, you know, a lot of people can relate. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's my story. No, thank you for sharing. Yeah. I know it is so hard and deeply personal, and also there's just such a kind of societal awkwardness to like talking mm-hmm. about the hard things. And I think that's part of what this song explores is kind of the way we're expected to move on or how we're not allowed to grieve, especially if society has decided there's a time limit on how upset one should be or how Mm -hmm. the time you had with it means that the time you are sad about it can't be that long or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've heard like with breaking up when I, when I was in the dating game, like, I'm like, okay, so I dated someone for three months. So I have three months to be sad about it (laughs) or a month and a half to be sad about it. So like, and you know, so I get where that is coming from. I also, it's interesting because right after my, my transfer didn't work, I went to a wedding and I saw a friend from Houston who had gone through IVF before me. And when her first transfer didn't work, she was like, she was broken up and she was crying and bawling. And this was before I went through IVF. And I was in the world mindset. Yeah. I was like, why? It, it's why? Like, it's not a, it's not alive. It's not, it's not it's, like, I don't get why she's so right. sad. And so I talked to her and I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't have enough empathy for you. Yeah. And, I, and she was like, I get it. She was like, you know, you don't, some people don't understand, truly understand until they, they've been there, like, no matter how hard it is. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And then, you know, we definitely talked about like, it, you know, when you have the hormones too, like it amplifies everything, which is why yes. I'm, I'm surprised that I'm getting a little choked up because one <laughs> of the reasons I, I, I associated why I was so sad and giving myself an excuse was that I was on my, all my, my hormones. Yeah. And then 
interesting enough, um, I just got a box today with medication for my next transfer. So I'm gearing up for my next transfer and I'm hoping that I won't have to uh, ball to this song. (laughs) But if at least I have something from Taylor where it's like every single aspect of my life she's written a song about that I can like wallow in or or revel in or celebrate in and it just the song is definitely just it's so amazing because like you said it can be the loss of your innocence it could be the loss of a relationship a parent unfortunately a child um a dream job it could be anything yeah well and I think that's like a tweet I saw was like you know infertility is a club like the saddest club no one wants to be a part of, but at least now we have an anthem type thing. Yeah, and I, I think that that's, <laughs> that's yeah. a good way to phrase it because like you said, Taylor has so many ways of channeling different emotions that like mm-hmm. feel so like perfect for every moment in our lives. And so even if that wasn't her intention, like that's what she's given. And mm-hmm. I think that that alone is like beautiful and worth it but Um, let me just say before we get into the lyrics that I've seen so many tweets from from like people who aren't Taylor Swift fans primarily like older white men or like older white (laughs) women who are like tweeting about Taylor like come on Taylor like how old are you you need to get married and have kids you need to have kids you need to be a mom you're wasting your potential and I'm just like well first of all like it's no one's business why she's not married or why she's not a mom and second of all you don't know anyone's story yeah. like people used to always ask Lance and I like when are you gonna have kids when are you gonna have kids like yeah. the fact that people are tweeting about you know oh when is Taylor gonna grow up and have kids yeah I'm just kind of like whew, like I know you know you don't know her story maybe she doesn't like maybe she doesn't want to maybe that that's not in her future she doesn't she doesn't picture herself as a mom maybe she's struggling yeah. maybe it's not the right time maybe maybe but maybe yeah. you shouldn't be theorizing <laughs> and telling a woman what to literally. do literally yeah, yeah i just think of vanessa hosting love is blind did you ever watch that i did watch that but i did not watch well, the during last a reunion season. yeah yes. she was like talking to everyone she's like oh we have so many successful couples and then she went around the room with them and was like when are you gonna have a kid when are you gonna have a baby and I was like oh my gosh Vanessa honestly like it's just Mm -hmm. like it's just a sort of not that it's shameful to talk about not that it should be like taboo but like that's the most inappropriate and like triggering way to bring up a topic that can be hard for so many yeah so it's just yeah Mm -hmm. And that's why it's like, no matter what we talk about with this song, I don't think it's relevant, like parsing out like, oh, well, Taylor said this in one song and she said this, so she probably was this. And it's like, no, like, Mm -hmm. we'll keep it big picture. So the first verse, no word appears, but no words appear before me in the aftermath. Salt streams out of my eyes and into my ears. Every single thing I touch becomes sick with sadness because it's all over now, all out to sea. I know I'm like tearing up. <laughs> like, oh, I know. I'm sorry. I'm no, like, I'm it's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think that people's struggles, if you want to share them, should be shared because it makes people feel less alone. Yeah. Whether or not you want to share what you're going through, if there's somebody out there who is sharing it, at least people will have someone to like go to. I got a lot of messages when I shared my story on my my personal Instagram of like people who DM'd me who I knew personally 
And they're like, I went through A, B, and C. Thank you for sharing. Like they, yeah. I have no idea, but yeah. they're like, you know, they reached out to me and they, they thanked me for sharing my story because I knew that they were like less alone. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that this first verse is so much about just that sadness, like mm-hmm. just generalized sadness, this idea that you're just sitting there like weeping so much that your tears are just like filling in your ears. Like mm-hmm. I think that's a very relatable moment. And then just this like self-flagellation where she's like every single thing I touch becomes sick with sadness, like this sort of self-blaming, this this mm-hmm. like m- miserly, misery and like guilty expression of grief. I think mm-hmm. it's like – a really potent image and this idea that she pairs it with it's all over now it's all out to see like sort of this unmooring like she she literally is watching something sail away it's it's just gone it's just mm-hmm. disappeared into the vast and um her kind of struggling with like wait is this my doing did i make this thing sick sort of yeah. becomes the 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 through line of this song. Yeah. There's a lot of time like with, and I'm sorry that I'm just like throwing this with infertility. Like you guys, I'm not throwing this on Taylor at all. This is all like my yeah, personal, yeah. like how I relate to this song. Um, so don't go say that I'm saying Taylor struggles <laughs> with uh, infertility by any means, but you know, throughout like the process of finding out that I had, I had PCOS, you guys. So that means I don't like ovulate and, you know, obviously like that directly ties into if you can have children um I was like oh well what if we would have started once we got married what if um I would have tried a different treatment what if I didn't drink that coffee what if I didn't do this what if I like you know what if I took that shot one minute earlier like Mm. what did I do it's like everything I'm touching is just like the you know sadness so every thought that I'm thinking of just I'm like, okay, it's my fault. It's my fault. And she even goes into it even more like down mm-hmm. the line. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Taylor, stop like ripping my soul out. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because the first verse is clearly like real sadness. And then the second mm-hmm. one has a lot more guilt. Um, but before that, there's the chorus. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. You were bigger than the <laughs> whole sky. You were more than just a short time. And I've got a lot to pine about. I've got a lot to live without. I'm never going to meet what could have been, would have been, what should have been you. What could have been, would have been you. And this is like, it's honestly just so, it's such a sad concept. And like we said, it's really like applicable in a lot of instances. Like I've seen so many stories around this song where people talk about yeah, the the friend who died by suicide or mm-hmm. the miscarriage or the stillbirth or you know the the death of a friend, the the loss of something, the ending of your innocence after sexual trauma, like mm-hmm. just this idea that that there's this thing the the words she used here, the images she draws are very simple. It's like you were bigger than the whole sky, but that like encompasses such a feeling that you're not really allowed to acknowledge often in our society where it's like this small thing this blip in your long long life shouldn't derail you but like no you were you were bigger than everything you you were the idea of you alone was big enough to like fill my whole perspective my whole vision for the future like and I've got a lot to live without is such a brutal way to like Mm -hmm. to kind of like cut down that grandiose image of like everything to just be like, 
and now I have to live without that. Mm-hmm. And with this chorus, like I kind of thought, like I'm talking about so much about IVF, and that's I well, I'm, I don't know why I'm apologizing, but with um, IVF, the way like the treatment we went to, like it they fertilize the egg, and the eggs become an embryo, and it's like a microscopic embryo. Yeah. And one thing that I got was um, three time lapse videos of like three different of my embryos that I got developing and growing within the first six days and then and then they were frozen and it's just you know the tiniest little thing like you have to like when they put the embryo in you like you don't even see it on like you know in the little suction thing that they do and but they put it in under a microscope so you can see it before they put it in you so it's such a tiny thing mm-hmm. and then you know but has such a big future has just such big possibilities like I look at my 18 month old and I'm like yeah I like I saw every, I've seen every single stage of her life. And yeah. so with this new one, it's like this little tiny embryo. And I just had so many like dreams mm-hmm. for this little boy, like possibly a name picked out. Like it's just, yeah. you know, such a short time. Yeah. Yeah. And such so much to live without. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I think like that's where it does feel maybe obvious or just kind of like she must – be in tune with how people would read this because it does feel so like specific to that sort of loss like mm-hmm. where it's not like a a grandparent who's lived a long life like it's you were more than just a short time like there's something mm-hmm. about this like little moment that feels so big that you then have to like figure out how to move past because no one else is expecting you to hold on mm-hmm. um and i think which the, is why i thought it was so weird that the summer I turned pretty when the, <laughs> when, when, um, when yeah. the mother is passing away, yeah. they chose to play this song when she's yeah. like crying and holding her. Yeah. You know, um, but I was like, that's, I was like, that's it was a choice. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a choice. Definitely a choice. And a lot of people can, they do pair this song. Yeah. That. And that's fine. If, if you're pairing it to like the last of, of an adult, that's yeah. totally fine because well, you're never like, really yeah. ready for that exactly. short time of them passing away. Yeah. It's like yeah. to them to, in that situation, it's like, yeah, that would be so hard to lose your like mother figure at mm-hmm. such a young age, like to feel like, wait, this isn't supposed to happen now. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of my interpretation of it as someone who's more hyper aware of kind of those moments in our childhood where we have to like wake up um, mm-hmm. I think this repetition of could have, would have, should have, as it echoes the other 3 a.m. track, is interesting to me in that it validates this sort of idea, the parallelism of that song, which is so much about like, oh, God rest my soul. I All I used to do is pray. You're a crisis of my faith. Now that I'm grown, I'm scared. I can't mm-hmm. let this go. This wound won't close. I keep waiting for a sign. God rest my soul. I miss who I used to be. Like mm-hmm. that feels hand in hand with this song for me where it's like, it, it's like there's so much anger and frustration and what it could have, should have, where she's shaking him to have taken responsibility and like wishing she'd done things differently. So she didn't have this like gaping hole. And this song feels a lot more gentle and like a lot more pulled back where she's like, oh, like I wish I wish I'd had you, like her youth, her innocence, her childhood, you know, wonder for longer and like realizing like there are things in your life that shift you and your trajectory. And so for me, that's what this song kind of reminds me of is those like 
turning points that you don't always ask for um, mm-hmm. and kind of how it, how it breaks you a little bit to be like, oh, wait, that's like the never grow up phase is suddenly like, like, oh man, I wish I'd never grown up. Like that, the sort mm-hmm. of like, I don't know, that sad girl summer vibe of like, what was I made for? And like all these questions of like, oh, I was robbed of something because life turned out different than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, which again is something she explores in verse two. Um, did some bird flap its wings over in Asia? Did some force take you because I didn't pray? Every single thing to come has turned into ashes because it's all over. It's not meant to be. So I'll say words I don't believe. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I know. It's so sad. And I think this song, this chorus proves a lot of things with Taylor's songwriting, which is, you know, this this neat way of twisting common phrases, common idioms on their head and kind of highlighting things without becoming too cliche, like instead of, you know, referencing the butterfly effect, not as a butterfly flaps its wing in South America. It's like, mm-hmm. no, there's some bird, there's something that's meant to be in flight. There's something that's meant to do nothing but like travel the world forever. And it, and it's somehow ruined or like this idea that like, the, the guilt and the turmoil of like, is it something I did? Is it, mm-hmm. is it something I caused? And this like crisis of her faith and the contemplation of like, I don't know, just the duality of like wanting to take responsibility for something you may not even believe in. Like this idea of, yeah. Oh, was I supposed to pray to someone? But like who mm-hmm. and why would they be so cruel as to take this just because I didn't know about them, you know? Yeah. Or I decided that I didn't believe in it anymore. Like, is this, you know, I don't believe in God anymore. So is God real? And is he doing this in spite of my faith? I know. Or lack of. Yeah. And that's why this, like, every single thing to come has turned into ashes is so, like, just, like, gut-wrenching because it is just, like, this image of cremation, this, like, the death of something, the ashes to ashes, um, from the idea of Christianity and the prayer before a burial service, like dust to dust, like just this idea that not only everything has turned to ashes, but everything to come has turned to ashes. Like this has ruined not only this specific moment, but the life she sees ahead of her, like mm-hmm. it's all over. It's not meant to be. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm no, like, okay. I know, no, I know. It's, it's okay. good to cry. I just wish uh, we were together because I, I feel bad <laughs> I that it's like I'm – putting you through talking about this because it is so deeply personal and it's mm-hmm. like you know whatever inspired this song for taylor she's not like running around and like screaming it from the rooftops whether it's because it's hers or someone else's to tell like mm-hmm. it is like a really hard song and it's sad and it's um really brutal but i think it's such a like beautifully um scripted sort of moment to capture yeah um one thing that I, I don't think I was, like, quite prepared for was how of a – because, like, when I'm thinking about IVF and, like, I'm what I'm putting my body through, what I'm doing, me, 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 because it really – it's a lot of, like, you know, my emotional turmoil because it's directly affecting me and my body, but um, my husband, too. Yeah. Like, he was – pretty like he was pretty strong with it he didn't cry but he was sad and he was like oh that's sad and then we went away uh the weekend after and he like we were talking to friends and he was kind of tearing up and he was just like it was my baby boy Mm -hmm. and it was just so like 
it was a precious moment because I saw that like I wasn't the only one that was torn yeah. up about it and to see him kind of like break a little bit just it, it's terrible but it made me love him more because it's like okay this isn't just happening to me like yeah. it's affecting the both of us yeah um because it's not just meant to be yeah you know well and the ending know. with this like so I'll say words I don't believe I think it, I like how the music builds here because it's a pretty quiet slow song it's pretty repetitive but it, it lasts a while and I was thinking about that today as I was re-listening to it. Like she really makes you sit in that like grief with her. Like it feels like she captures that energy, not just the feeling through word, but like through the production. And at this point, there's a slight buildup as she says, so I'll say words I don't believe. And I think that is sort of the real crisis in especially American and westernized ideas of grief where it's like you have to just like button yourself up to say like, oh, I'm fine. Oh, I'm okay. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'll be okay. Like we have to train ourselves to like be like, okay, putting on a brave face or like no one wants to like see me like touch everything into sadness. Like I can't be this dark cloud in everyone's life. They want me to move on. They want me to be over it. They want me to let go. So I guess I will. Like I guess I'll I'll just pretend I'm fine with this. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like, that's the gut punch of the song is that not only is she so sad, but she feels like she can't really share it. Like she can only talk to this, what could have been. She can only share this song to the thing she lost and not open it up to, you know, whoever else is in her life who could be there because they're not Mm -hmm. open to that. Like there's just this real hesitance to allow people to, grieve because we're uncomfortable with it well yeah like a part of us is like oh I'm going to protect them from my grief like I don't want to make them uncomfortable I don't want to make them sad and as you said before too there's that time limit on grief too so it's like okay it can be six months later I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine Mm -hmm. which is you know you can grieve your grief process isn't subject to anybody else's timeline. It's your own timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's funny. I just read a book that is talking a lot about a novel that's talking a lot about grief and grief is just like love with nowhere to go and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it is, it's an opportunity for a lot of people to like re-examine how they handle the grief of others because they think we often just like, don't know how to deal with it. So we'd rather not deal with it. So we're just like, we don't want to make them upset. So we won't ask about it, all that. And it's not like I have the right answers. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a complicated situation because every person wants something different. So there's not like a one size fits all to like handling sadness and handling the grief of others. But I think this song is a good reminder that, you know, we all contain multitudes and those feelings are valid, even if they're not understood by others. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then she goes, the basically the rest of the song is just a repetition of the chorus where she says goodbye 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 you were bigger than the whole sky you were more than just a short time and I've got a lot to pine about I've got a lot to live without I'm never gonna meet what could have been would have been what should have been you what could have been would have been what should have been you what could have been would have been what could have been would have been could have been would have been could have been would have been could goodbye 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 um which I think is an interesting choice because, again, it makes this a really intimate portrait. It's really just one-on-one, her and whatever she lost, whoever she lost, whatever she's writing this elegy for. Um, 
it's really simple. It's really quiet and it's really effective because Mm -hmm. sometimes you do just have to sit in those feelings and like wish things had been different. And that's a valid place to be. Mm -hmm. It's definitely. And um, yeah, I think the, the parallels with like would have, could have, should have, and this song something that interests me is how she often holds back on the should have like would have and could have get the most playback in this song and would have could have should have and it almost feels like because should have is the hardest one I mean I know you know in the end they're all the same but there's something about should have that feels like deep regret like this real culpability one might feel where it's like oh like I should have I shouldn't have done that. I should have done this. Mm-hmm. Like this real like tangible responsibility you well, might feel in this Should have go. and shouldn't kind of have like that negative yeah. connotation in my mind. Could have and would have. It's like, oh, I could have gone to a concert or I would have gone yes. to a restaurant. You know, you should have. Like it's like a reprimand. Yeah. Like I, yes. I remember growing up and my parents like, you should have done this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like – there's no, there was no positive yeah. uh, correlation to should have. Yeah, no, in my I, mind, I like that. It is a reprimand, and I feel like that—that's what hurts more as she does like say that, where it's like, then she ends with, "You're bigger than the whole sky. You're more than just a short time." And I've got a lot to pine about. I've got a lot to live without. I'm never going to meet what could have been, would have been. And then she kind of takes his breath and lets go with what should have been you. Mm-hmm. And that's like the last of it. Like that's all she has left to like say, to share. And it's mm-hmm. just this real – there's this real ownership to it that that hurts. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think that's like the grief for me is this sort of like – as I was saying, like for me, I, I relate this to like my childhood, that like turning point, those little moments mm-hmm. where you like wish you could take your younger self into your arms and just like – hug her or like be like I'm so sorry or like you'll be okay like those sort of things where it does go back in time yeah and like make a different move because if you would have made that different move then that person or whatever would have happened wouldn't have happened like you know but also that but also that she mattered like that that person that version like still was important to me and like Mm -hmm. that like girlhood is still something to honor and like remember Mm -hmm. even if it is bittersweet to think of what could have should have it's like ultimately there's something really like tender about this song where since it is such a tunnel visioned like perspective like I mean not tunnel vision I mean it's like so intimate and it just being her and you like those are the two subjects it's not really it's not really moving past this like vision of her curled Mm -hmm. up on the bed crying it's really just the two of them suffering in that moment and I think that is like you know really relatable too (laughs) yeah and then to think that you know life goes on yeah like this is happening between you to you and then you're expected to go to work, to have successful relationships, to take care of your dogs, Mm -hmm. to take care of your children. Like you're grieving, but life goes on and how does it go on and why does it go on and how come the world doesn't stop moving Mm -hmm. for you? And it's like, what? Like, it's just, it's really weird to have experienced that grief and just have life go on. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, so no. Strange. That's the song. I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> I don't know if we should do the usual questions. No. Um I feel like it's it is Dishonor interesting to think. Song. Like I don't think this would have ever been on the main track list. Mm-hmm. I don't think she would have ever I I'll be curious to see if she ever really acknowledges this song. Mm-hmm. Um I remember the story of her at the um secret sessions for rep for lover when she like was like yeah i wrote this about my mom but i'm never gonna play it or like she had to leave the room while while she Mm -hmm. streamed it for everyone soon Mm -hmm. you'll get better and i think this song no matter what it's about for her seems like it'll probably be a similar like don't ask don't tell type of moment in her discography yeah which i get because it's Mm -hmm. it's heavy and even though I think hearing her perform it live would be absolutely beautiful, Therapy. stunning, it would be very hard for many yep. people in the audience for many a different reasons. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, I'll kind of end it off on like a, a better note, yes, I guess, please. Um, on my experience. Um, one thing that really like was a comfort to me was, you know, so I, I we went to Houston, did my shot. And then that Monday that I got back, um, I took my I went to the doctor and took my pregnancy test. And then they had called us later that day. Well, my parents were watching Cora. So I hadn't seen Cora when I got home. Mm. So I got home Sunday night. My parents dropped her off at daycare the next day. And then I got the news that Monday while she was at daycare mm. that we were pregnant. But then – and I was still sad and broken up. But then I went to go pick her up at daycare and she just lit up mm-hmm. and just started Best like feeling. running to me. So even – in my heartbreak, I got to like be comforted by this little miracle of mine mm, that shouldn't so have been, sweet. but she was. Yeah. So that was just a little a little comfort yeah. on, on my part. No, um, I'm glad you have her. She's the cutest yeah. little Swifty to ever <laughs> Swift. I love her. <laughs> She's adorable. Yeah. So, so I always have to be like, what do I have in my life? Like, what are my, what am I blessed with now? Yeah. That you know, can give me comfort Yeah, and can give us comfort. So you always have, I feel like I'm just always looking for like, okay, what, what am I blessed with? What, what opportunities do I have? That, yeah. You know, yeah. I think perspective I, is great. And yeah. there's always a time and place for the, like, like she said, the salt streaming into your ears, like all of mm-hmm. that has its purpose, but there are ways to kind of not even get over it. Obviously there's not getting over it, but but allowing you yourself with to have, yeah, to have that duality happening, like that, um, that tension that you to live with is just to be human, and it's it's mm-hmm. rough. Um, but I think that's why there's such value in these sort of surprise, gut punch of songs yeah. because obviously this isn't like going to stream on the radio. It's not going to break mm-hmm. records, but it's there for people who feel it, who need it, who identify with it, who can read into it however they see fit and feel valued and seen from it because too often we leave people to grief on their own and I'm sure it's validating for many people to have a song to make them feel less alone in that yeah there's a purpose for it and it's it's doing its purpose yeah. and I'm always constantly reminded I think it was either during red or during 1989 she was doing a meet and greet it was either like a secret session or a meet and greet or something like that and a woman like a woman walked in and had mentioned that she was going through IVF or she was trying to do IVF, but the cost was too high or something mm. like that. And 
Taylor got a hold of her afterwards and her doctor and everything, yeah. and she paid for the whole oh round of IVF God. for yeah. her. And it was just like, oh, yeah, Taylor. that is sweet. It's like that is just the sweetest thing. I forgot so. about that. That was really yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's bigger than the whole okay. sky. I mean, yeah. it's a heavy one, and unfortunately, I'm going to be out of town next week. So. Well, that's exciting though. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's Labor Day, right? Labor Day. Yeah, so yeah. many a people will be probably taking a break <laughs> and relaxing and they don't need to hear our yeah. <laughs> our analysis of the next Taylor Swift song, which we have not decided. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, Sweet Nothings or Another depressing number. Labyrinth just to get it over <laughs> with. Um, but you guys, uh, you can connect with us on email, swiftishpodcast at gmail.com. Instagram, Swiftish Podcast, Twitter, Swiftish Pod 13. Um, and if you want, you can uh, see a tear trickle down my face <laughs> on our Patreon. It's linked it's on our Instagram. But until next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, goodbye, goodbye, <laughs> goodbye. Until she's back in LA. Yeah. <laughs>